Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Now a second scripture lesson from the New Testament book of Romans, Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 11. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. What then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may increase? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we also might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed so we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God and Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My grandmother, my mother's mother, was a wonderful person. I remember her fondly, and she was a character. She worked as a labor and delivery nurse for 50 years, and she so dedicated herself to her work that she developed no hobbies other than shopping. That meant when she retired, she spent a ton of time in a home decor place near her house. I think the place was called Tomlinson's. You know this kind of place. It was wall-to-wall knickknacks and potpourri. As a kid, every time we went to visit, I'd end up in there with her. And as a 12-year-old boy, a place like that may as well be one of the uh, levels of hell in Dante's Inferno. Around the time Sarah and I got married from Tomlinson's, my grandmother purchased a cat. The cat wasn't alive or anything. It was decorative, a little cat curled in on itself that she used to decorate the beds in her house. So when Sarah and I would visit, the first thing that Sarah would do is to kick the cat onto the floor and bury it under all the pillows because she was sure that that thing was going to come alive at any minute. Sarah is smart. She's perceptive. So it shouldn't be surprising that she was pretty much right about the cat. It was front page news in the Somerville newspaper. Tomlinson sells stuffed Chinese alley cats to area residents. As soon as my grandmother heard about it, that these decorative cats of hers had in fact at one time been real cats. She rushed over to her favorite store and spoke to the cashier. 
Good morning, she said. And that's all it took for the cashier to start apologizing. Mrs. Bivens, I'm so sorry about the cats. We're just mortified. I hope that you can see past this horrible mistake. We've already packed up all the cats that we had left and we're ready to ship those cats back where they came from. So you haven't sent them back yet, she said. In that case, could you go back there and get me a couple more? <laughs> That's just about my favorite story. And it's funny because if you know better, if you know that the decorative cats are, uh, in fact, real cats, you shouldn't buy anymore. If you know better, then you shouldn't. It's like chitlins. If you know what they are, you shouldn't eat them. Uh, However, I do, and it's like sin. If, if you've been saved from sin, if you've been forgiven of it, then you shouldn't sin anymore. But considering what we know about grace, I believe that should is an inadequate motivator. Many churches don't preach grace the way that we do here. In some churches instead, a warning is preached. Don't you sin or hell awaits. If hell awaits, then that word should has a lot of power. In those churches, you do what you should to avoid eternal punishment. However, we're not that kind of a church. We stand instead on what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5, that Christ has saved us. It's not our work that's going to get us into heaven. It's what Christ has done on our behalf. Based on this book of Romans, Martin Luther, John Calvin, and other heroes of the Reformed tradition promoted the statement, grace alone. That's one of the five solas were focused on in this sermon series, the five solas of the Reformed tradition. Sola is the Latin word for alone. So we say that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to Scripture alone, for the glory of God alone. Last week's sermon was grace alone. As we continue our focus on the five solas or onlys of the Reformed tradition, today we focus on faith alone. What is there to say about faith? Well, grace is about what Christ has done to save us. Faith is about how we respond. But what I want to make especially clear today about faith is that faith is more than what we should or shouldn't do. I believe churches and priests and preachers and Sunday school teachers are in a bad habit of overusing that word should. You might say that the church has been shoulding all over people for generations and I'm tired of it. We say you should pray. You should tithe. You should be a good boy or girl. Only should is not a gift. Should is an obligation. And we give people who we love gifts, not obligations. So why would the God who loves us give us an obligation? God gives us faith as a gift. So I say to you today that I do not 
pray every morning because I should. I pray every morning because when I do, I receive just a little bit of heaven. We give 10% of my salary back to the church. Not because we're supposed to, but because being generous makes us happy. And I try to be good, I do. But not because I should. I don't like being told what I should do. The last time we sold a house, we had just had a bathroom renovated. After having the bathroom renovated before we could sell the house, we had to have a final inspection. One inspector came over and he gave me a punch list of five or six things I should do. And as soon as he gave me those things and told me that I should do them, I disliked him immediately. <laughs> However, I wanted to pass the inspection, so it didn't matter what he asked for and it didn't matter whether or not I liked him out of a fear of failing. I did all those things. I installed something called a studer valve under, under the sink, and I did a bunch of other stuff on that bathroom. Well, the inspector came back after I finished, but it was a different inspector this time, and all the new inspector did was walked into the bathroom, turned on the sink, saw that water came out, flushed the toilet, and we passed the inspection. She didn't even look at my studer valve. Now, is God like a home inspector? Is our God some divine authority who enjoys telling us what we should or shouldn't do? And is God watching to see who does what? Rewarding the saints and punishing the sinners. People think of God that way. Yet when Paul asks in Romans chapter 6, our second scripture lesson for today, how can we who died to sin, go on living in it. What he means is faith is more than doing what we should. Faith is recognizing that Christ brings us freedom and sin is too great a burden to bear. Try faith. Many people have. Some people here, many people here are trying to figure it out. Last Sunday, little Eli Dewar, he's five or six. He wanted to eat an orange during the 11 o'clock church service. His mom told him that he couldn't do it. You can't eat during church. That's not how we do it here at First Presbyterian. He responded, then I'll just eat during the prayer when no one has their eyes opened. <laughs> now, if no one will know, is it okay to do it? No. If we all did whatever we wanted, we would all wind up lost and alone, which is not what God wants for a single one of us. What does God want? You might remember that legendary question and answer from the Westminster Shorter Catechism. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. To enjoy Him. 
We are saved by grace alone. We live in faith alone because the God who died to save us also shows us how to live, how to have abundant life. God shows us and tells us how to enjoy the fruits of faith, how to benefit from healthy relationships, how to live filled up by the abiding peace that guilt nor hardship can even touch. We forget that God tells us to love one another, not because we should, but because there is no more miserable person than a man who thinks only of himself. You see, sin is its own enslavement. Sin is death enough on its own. So try faith. Faith is abundant life. We're focusing on the five solas of the Reformed tradition because we want you to know first... That you are saved not by anything that you've done, but by what God has done. That's grace, which we covered last Sunday. And second, that you must grow in righteousness. You must live a faithful life because there is no other way to live. That's faith, what we're talking about today. Through Christ alone is next Sunday, revealed by Scripture alone, Sunday after next, to the glory of God alone after that. Today it's faith alone. We live by faith, not out of a place of fear, wondering where we'll go when we die. We do it because God loves us and shows us how to live by sharing His love. Live a life of faith out of love, not fear. Love is the more powerful force anyway. Just think about it. Think about the Ukrainian army facing against the Russians. One army has more stuff, more guns, more ammo, that's for sure. But the other fights for love of country. The other for a paycheck. Who's going to win? I know who I'll put my money on for those who fight for love of their homeland will never stop so long as there is breath in their lungs. Likewise, I love my family, not because I should. I love my wife, not because I'm obligated to. I love being one of your pastors, not just because you pay me, but because I love this place. I love you people, and I love talking about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Does all God want our obedience, our obligation, or our love, our resentment, or our gratitude? I said before that the church... It's in this bad habit of shooting all over people. You should, you should, you should, the preachers have said. But that's only what the preachers have said. I love you. I love you. I love you. Is what God has said. God's grace washes over us. God's provision is all around us. God leans in so close to hear our prayers, for God treasures us. And so I say, this is faith. 
Living a righteous, loving life, not because we should or someone told us to, but because love drives us to it. And because abundant life will be our reward. I told you last Sunday, and I'll say it again. When it comes to living the Christian faith, I'm all in. What about you? Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.